Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? As always, I'm Sam Blakely, and as always, for the 56th time on this podcast, I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Hello, everybody. Just to let you know, it's me who has the better taste. There's just no, Again, no argument, no fuss. Subjective. I'd like to ask what, you, what you've been up to, Hugh, but I don't really care. Ben is our guest today. It's been a few oh. months. Ben, Thanks. how are you, more importantly? Hello, lads. How's it going? Yeah, tip-top. Hugh, I'll ask you, how's it going, Hugh? No, it's fine. Good. Ben, what have you been up to? <laughs> have you been on uh, Don't Tell the Bride or, you know, Come Down With Me or Four in a Bed uh, since? Not really. Just basically going to work, staying in my flat. <laughs> but <laughs> I have, well, I have become an uncle for the first time. Oh, yes. Uh, round of applause. Please watch this round of applause. For the Dawson's. Thank you very much. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really do much, but uh, really, <laughs> one hurts. You stuck it out there. It's all right, Just brother. Support. I've got this. <laughs> His name's Dennis. <laughs> I'm not sure how really? I feel about that name. But, uh... They call the kid Dennis. Dennis Dawson. I didn't call the kid Dennis. Dennis Dale. Dennis <laughs> Dale. Okay. Good lad. That's not less worse. Good strong Den. name. I'm Uncle Uncle Ben. <laughs> or, or you are quite good at Mickey Rice, as far as I've Uncle Dickhead, yeah, yeah. the wed- weddings and stuff. Uncle Nobed. Uncle Nobed, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's job. That's the one. Good. Have you learned any magic tricks? I've not, but you know, I'm, there's, there's plenty of time. You've got a few years. Learning really. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, doesn't know what's going your, on. No personality. If you just put your hands in front of your face and then move them away quickly, <laughs> he'll be enamoured for that for months, honestly. Yeah, he'd probably do it to him in his 20s and he'd probably still be like, oh my God. <laughs> well, certainly if you had a role to play in the conception or the pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations on that. Absolutely. Um, what a revelation. Very much. Exclusive. I mean, that's got nothing to do with today's film, so I'm just going to. You've upgraded lurch to a, um, a, a greater <laughs> role in your family or something. I don't know. That's great news here. But maybe the kid will go into a STEM subject. Really. <laughs> yeah, well, when, you know, he might, maybe we'll be there when he's old enough. I don't know. Yeah, we'll or see. maybe we'll just be ravaged by climate change yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fascist despots in the West. Yeah. Let's hope not. But here's, here's, uh, I'll drink to that. Uh, so, Ben, we've got you on because we're watching a film that you recommended to me and I liked. And then I said, Hugh should watch it. And then I said, you should tell Hugh why you liked it too. So that's sort of the mechanics of modern day podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to do the... I'm gonna... Sounds complicated. <laughs> I'm going to give Ben the honours of telling us about this week's film, Upgrade, from 2018. Ben, do you want to give us right, a quick synopsis? Well... Yeah, so basically, set in the future, it's like a um, hot. I'd say it's a sci-fi thriller action film. Um, basically, it uh, starts with a guy who's uh, a bit of a luddite. He's, he's anti-technology, mm-hmm. um, and his wife. He gets in a car crash with his wife, and his his wife gets murdered, and he gets paralysed um, below the neck. Um, obviously. He's devastated, and uh, <laughs> he's one of his clients, who uh, yeah, one of his clients, who um, who's uh, basically runs a, a, a like a tech company, company. Yeah. A create, yeah, tech company, um, offers him offers him this chip to put in his neck that's going to allow him to walk again, and uh, he says, "Oh, but you have got to keep it quiet because it's not, you know, it's new technology, and we're not supposed to do this." Um, 
So he, t- he, t- he, he takes him up on his offer and he, he gets a chip and it turns out that the chip can actually talk to him in his head. Um, basically, he's, he's, he's got control of his body, but he can, he can pass control over to, to this chip called Stem, um, who can basically turn him into some sort of like Terminator superhero <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> so obviously, he, he wants to find the killers and he uses him to... Uh, he uses STEM to find them because the police police have got no leads. They are useless. Um, useless, exactly. Um, and it basically turns out there's a twist that... Oh, spoiler um, alert, by the way, listener. We are a spoiler yeah. show. So yeah, give, Ben, give That's us, a, give us a, spoiler a spoiler twist. Yeah, so, well, uh, first twist is that it, actually the kill, the killers were hired by the guy who put the, the chip in, in his neck. Um, but then right at the end, double twist... It was actually stem the chip in his neck that was actually in charge of the whole thing. A little pirouette twist, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll get to uh, so it's we'll great get to little great little sci-fi. I think um, high concept. I think yeah, called, it's a it's it. like a feature-length Black Mirror. Um, yeah, you know what's the word for the um, something tech when it's in your body. Yeah, biotech, body, body shock. Yeah, it's uh, anyway. Who cares? Uh, it's I mean, technology that's body it's in your body, you know, and and it's it's in a near future where it's quite normal, isn't it? This this biotech, but this is the next level up, upon that. So Ben, you you recommended this to me. You know, you're the you're the film buff amongst us. When did you first? Did you see it at the cinemas? Did you see it not long after? And and why did you like it so much? Well, no, yeah, I didn't see it at the cinema. I... <clears throat> I don't think I heard about it. I don't know if it had a wide release or, or what in, in the UK. It probably did, but... Um, I don't think it was think very substantial, it. but it was... Yeah, it did get a little release. And, yeah, um, yeah two years ago now. Yeah, 2018. So I, I watched it... Um, I watched it soon after it came out in 2018. Because um, uh, basically legally. it's a... <laughs> uh, basically it's a Blumhouse <laughs> production. Mm. Um, and... I mean, they're pretty hit and miss, to be fair. Yeah. Um, done some really good films, done some really rubbish films. <laughs> what, um, what other stuff have they done? Like, you know, that list of hit and miss, would you say? Well, I'd say a hit would be uh, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They're very big on high concept, relatively low budget. I mean, The Purge, for example, is another Blumhouse. Yeah, The Purge, yeah. That's pretty... I mean, the second one's pretty good. But, I mean, they've done some really rubbish ones as well, like uh, Slender Man. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're really pro- really prolific, really prolific. And they tend to hire, like, you know, new directors and... Yeah, I mean, and Lee, Lee Winnell's been Roger around... A, yeah, exactly. Lee Winnell's been around a little while. He wrote and directed it, and he made Saw with his friend James Wan. I think they were in the same school or film school or something like that. Um, yeah. So a bit of a track record, but a very low budget for this film. Hugh, if you, I don't know if you know the budget of this film, and if not, what would you guess? Um, the budget of this film? Did you say somewhere that it was five million? Yeah, it was. Where did I see you say I that? I can't remember. I must. Oh, I must have said it on socials. Yeah, we're going to do social media yeah. towards the end. Yeah, it was. It was made for about three million, and then obviously two million for extra stuff. But yeah, a very low budget film, especially for a for a director like Lee Winnell. Uh, what is it you love about this film? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, when, I, when I first watched it, I didn't know anything about it. And I, I'd say part of the reason why I, re- I thought it was really good was I had low expectations going into it. <laughs> that is um, important, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
that's why I'm always wary about rec- saying, oh, it's, it's recommending films that when I had low expectations because I, I kind of want to say, well, you know, it's not it's not amazing, but <laughs> it's just better than I'm I expected. I'm going to give you a choice between those five links to five films. They're all the same film that they link to. <laughs> you know, you can choose any. They're all okay. No, it's, whenever I try and recommend The Wire to somebody, I try not to, like, turn inside out with my recommendation and just, like, exactly. scream splenetic juices at them. I try to say, it's really good. It's not the best thing ever made, even though it bloody well is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, I, I was blown away by it. Like, I mean, I didn't even know anything about I didn't know the budget. I didn't know um, who directed it or that sort of thing. But to me, it's like a proper throwback to like 80s, 90s mm. classic sci-fi films, like maybe like a John Carpenter or David Cronenberg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if it was made back then, I think it would be viewed as a classic now. Right. Like, definitely up there with like Robocop or that sort of thing. I suppose post, um, post-Matrix, it's harder to shift that, isn't it? And it's hard, in, oh, it's yeah. hard not yeah, to mention definitely. the Matrix in a review, and I'll get to that a little bit, really. That was a, definitely a big game changer. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I, I, basically, like about I, it? I basically put four bullet points for like, like the action, the music, Logan Marshall Green and the ending. <laughs> like those four combined, yeah. just, I think for me really summed up why I loved it. The action—it's just—it's just something. As, basically, it all comes down to that revolutionary camera movement that everybody will talk about. I mean, it's really original, it, really original. Yeah, I mean, with new tech, uh, Cor- um, Corridor Digital, Corridor Crew did a a bit on this when they were reacting to the the first fight scene where Stem activates. So, as you say, Stem can turn him into like a super hero, you know, kind of super machine yeah, kind of killer, Terminator sort of character. And um, it looks phenomenal. And they talked about how it's not just um, stabilization that he had. He just basically wore an iPhone and then the camera tracked the yeah. iPhone. And it's so yeah. revolutionary in terms of the way that that looks. And when he's being controlled by Stem, he's just walking down the corridor, but but they use that technique and the, the camera is, is shifting with him. And it felt like a new bullet time moment of, yeah. well, this could get overused really quickly by a lot of other films. <laughs> he actually he actually uses the same technique in The Invisible Man. Right, in I didn't some know scenes that. as well. Right. Um, which, yeah, like, to be fair, when I, when I saw it and that, I was like, come on, don't use it in every film. <laughs> <laughs> he's found these things. I mean, it adds... It adds to the upgrade. I think it gives it that style because obviously Stem is controlling his body, so it you mm. know it gives you that effect. Yes, it's not an effect for the sake of it. It makes sense mm. narratively, it's, and it always whenever I noticed whenever it is doing that camera effect, it's making like a weird electronicy noise when yes. it moves. It yeah. Goes like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So the use of sound and the use of music. There's some great, really intense um, score mm. pieces, and and we we talked before yeah. recording of if I was bought from the first second if you're going to start your film with Howling Wolf I am on board <laughs> it shows you've got really good taste so yeah the use yeah. of music is fantastic I thought a really great performance everybody you know all the reviews I've looked at everybody re- refers to the fact that Logan Marshall Green I suppose relative unknown you know he's been in Prometheus and he's been in, in The Invitation and he's not he's not a complete newbie he was about 41 when they filmed this surprisingly um, that's crazy he looks really good for it he's like a sort of <laughs> he's like a sort of pseudo Tom Hardy is what again what most people say he's everyone, in that sort of, everyone refers to that exactly, in every review <laughs> exactly um, but I was really impressed and again the thing that people always refer to is he's having to play him and Stem he's doing these great combat sequences whilst not being aware of what he's doing in his face, you know, and and being reluctant to do these things as well in his face, and I think that I thought he just did that really excellently well. I 
I, I, yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, he, I, that I was going to mention that as well. Like how incredible that is. Like he, you just take it for granted, but it, it must be really difficult to <laughs> yeah. do. But uh, I also think he's great in the in the scenes before he gets stemmed when he's a paraplegic, mm. and you really you, like you really feel for him, like what he's going through. And I think because they spend about half an hour building up the character, yeah. the rest it makes the rest of the film a lot a lot better. The payoff is more. Yeah, you're invested. After I mean. That. Yeah, exactly, and he's really good in it. Really, really good actor. Have you seen the invitation? I saw the first fifteen minutes, and I think I so the doorbell went or Can't something like that. It. No, I, and I couldn't believe it was him because he's got long blonde hair in that. Yeah, it looks different. And I, had, I didn't know it was him um, when I went. Let's start Tom Hardy. Yes. <laughs> so Ben, what do you think I might not like about this film? Well, I mean, there were some other things that I liked about it. I think I should mention just before before we oh, get on to sorry, that. Sorry, I, th- I thought you'd mentioned them all, but go on, yeah. No, I mean, like one. I mean, like Sam said, it's got a really good ending. Mm. Um, it was surprisingly gory, like in the first mm. the first fight scene. Yeah, was quite a shocking moment. Yeah. That's when I thought it upped its game. I was like, well, I wasn't puts expecting the knife that. between the guy's uh, lips and pulls it back and basically tears his head off halfway. <laughs> and you're right, the ending. So I was, I liked the film, but I was so ready for Do you the know, film. We're, we're, I was going to say, with the ending, shall we discuss the ending when I discuss it in my review? Well, I'll mention why I liked it, and then, then yeah, definitely. On, so the basic, the get, basic point deep is dive into that it. Yeah. I was... I thought it was going to be some sort of insipid happy ending, and it totally wasn't. Um, yeah. And that just, just added another layer. You know, they, they threw in a, a misdirect that it could have been all been a dream, etc. He shoots himself in the neck. I think, is this some, going to be some sort of fight club thing where that gets rid of it? <laughs> And it just... Uh, yeah. Is it all a dream? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what kind of... I mean, Lee Winnell said, even admitted he said he had Black Mirror in mind when he wrote it, and that is a, a much more of a Black Mirror episode. That's like... Yeah, it's like cinema after Black Mirror. You're allowed to just yeah. do, you know, some really dark, dark ending like that. I mean, the reason I, the reason I, I thought it was so good is because most, most high-concept films have a really good idea, but really bad endings. Where do they go with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And it realise it perfectly. So, yes. What do you think exactly. Hugh won't like then, Ben? Obviously, if there's anything else you like, we can we can talk about that in uh, in Hugh's. No, uh, no, no. I mean, I think that's I think that's covered it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had definitely had some notes about what Hugh wouldn't like. I yeah. Mean, with any any kind of film like this, once you once you find the twist ending, you can you can go back and find plot holes. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you've and got sure... a super human computer on board with like STEM, where things like if he didn't yeah. notice certain things that led to certain yeah. things, it feels like plot convenience. And especially with the fast, the fast pace of the film, especially in the second half, yeah, it doesn't really spend too much time going into the details, which I know Hugh's a stickler for that. Um, I mean, he didn't bother me. I mean, I, I thought it covered. I thought it covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah, it's an hour um, forty with credits and somebody with mm-hmm. a bigger budget and a wider scope, a, a Kubrick or a, you know a Scott or a Villeneuve yeah. might have made a whole world out of it. Yeah, um, I, I also think there's quite a lot of weak dialogue in there as well yeah. I mean there's not really many memorable lines no. that I could think of it's very um, hackneyed isn't it and it's you know the, he refers to yeah. his wife as wife and she calls him husband and yeah. it's it's a bit cliched and it sounds like I, yeah. when I when I because I watched it without knowing the writer director and I thought oh this must be somebody's first film first feature or maybe second or third like it felt like an early writing attempt but he's been making movies yeah. for, for decades really um, yeah, I think it all depends. Second director, director. Um, I think second film is directed. I believe. Right, but obviously not the first, not just the first he's written. And and I think for Hugh, it depends on what, how he viewed it. Like what hat he was wearing. Was he wearing a critic's hat, or was he just 
watching it to be to enjoy it and we talked about this we talked about this in i can't remember if it was our episode or a, a, something we guested on you know watching a film can be uh, for a podcast can be difficult because you start to just analyze it whilst you're watching mm. it instead of just enjoying it for what it is and i yeah. and i hope that hugh was able to enjoy it for what it is even though it had those flaws and i think hugh loves the matrix it's one of his top five favorite films so there are similarities with the matrix but it's not as good as the matrix and it could be said to be trying to be you know this decade's the matrix or last decade's yeah, the matrix yeah. so yeah we'll uh, mm. we'll see I suppose let's um, let's yeah. find out after the break so after the break we're going to get Hugh's views join us uh, in roughly 30 seconds Welcome back. So we've been on tender hooks, tender hooks. Who knows at this point? Um, Hugh, what did you like about this film? Uh, so what I liked about this film is it has a very cool premise. You know, it's uh, it is um, a very black mirror sort of the outer limits sort of you know technology gone mad sort of idea. You know, this guy gets this. Um, life-changing computer chip essentially put into his into his body and he's able to do all these amazing wonderful you know ninja (laughs) almost ninja like things you know something he references himself and then yeah I think that's really cool I really enjoyed that Um, I think it's the the action scenes in it are really good Um, they're not yeah like you said Ben they almost seem unnecessarily bloody at times don't they like when he cuts his (laughs) face off uh, (laughs) (laughs) when he blows that guy's head off that is the most necessary scene I've ever seen in my whole life I needed that in the moment I that actually really, <laughs> really reminded me of RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, it just explodes, doesn't it? Um, I really liked the visual aesthetic of this world that they're in. Like, I think um, I read on the trivia on IMDb that so it's basically set That's in right. twenty forty six. Yeah. I think it is is the year it's set in. So it's not too too far away. And um, yeah, I, the only thing in that regard I didn't like is I didn't like the futuristic cars they looked stupid I don't know what it was there was just something about the design of them that just looked a bit I just didn't like the kind of it was like a hexagonal design was it a bit too it? far away from um, do yeah, you think, think obviously was... when we get the first when we, when everything is automated do you think it'll just be like normal cars but automated and that's a bit too like yeah, this is the future yeah pretty, pretty much I mean, it, yeah. it was better than uh, Total Recall's. Johnny <laughs> if you remember that, <laughs> nothing's better than Total Recall's Johnny Cab, Ben. <laughs> but yeah, that was only. I mean, in terms of its like visual aesthetic, that was the only like kernel of criticism I would have about the film's look. I really like, like you said, I can't believe this it, film was only made for five million dollars. I know that. I, I mean. Five million dollars is a lot of money to me, but you know, in terms of movie making these days, you would expect this to be like a, a mid range, mm-hmm. like twenty yeah. million dollars. They've film, used you know every, I mean? every cent there properly, haven't they? Which is why they, yeah. they somehow, yeah. I for me, and create a world without showing a thing that's scored by Vangelis, kind of uh, you know, showing over. It's just like it's 25, 26 years into the future isn't that far, really. You know, if you think of mm-hmm. like our tech versus tw- twenty, like two thousand tech. 
the phones are better, the internet's better, but to walk around the streets, you don't notice it that much. No, not really. No, but and you still have stuff from twenty five yeah. or twenty years. You know, some cars. My underwear, exactly, twenty years old. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that mean you have the penis of a small child? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe as a small child, I had a penis of a 31-year-old. So, you know. Uh, I doubt that, Sam, somehow. But, you know, maybe it was in a jar. You've not really been taking the measurements, so. Lovely. There's an image. (laughs) Would you like to know what else I liked about this film? Ben's head's in his hands, actually, in his hands. (laughs) As a minor. Sure. Uh, Where were we? I've completely forgotten. Um, yeah, so we were talking about, so yeah, like the camera movement uh, you guys were on about earlier. Oh, yes. Yeah, how amazing that is. And it is a, such a great little trick, isn't it? And it's so like almost simple the way it works as well, which it's I thought beautiful. was genius. Is You know, we were, you know, bullet time was like 100 <laughs> cameras and CGI and green backgrounds and it's a fucking undertaking, and, isn't it? Yeah. and this was literally just he stuck his iPhone in his pocket and <laughs> the phone followed around my particular favourite bit is when he does the when he does like a flip like a like a cartwheel or a hand spring L- forward later when Fisk is uh, when he's yeah when he's yeah. out on the floor and he just follows yeah. him through like that's 360 brilliant. through it yeah that's something I really liked about it as well and um, yeah the twist is pretty good isn't it it's very Black Mirror, very, you know, like I've already mentioned, the Outer Limits, you know, it's not, you know, Saw, you can see the influence there, it's, uh, and, you know, you can tell that it's Lee Whannell there, because it's not a happy ending, hmm. is it? Did you see the first twist coming, but not the second twist coming? Yeah, or did you see I mean, neither coming, or? No, you know? I saw the first one, I mean, that kid gets introduced, and he's basically, oh, so he's the baddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's basically Dane DeHaan in a wig. I thought it was, Dane Dane. I actually thought it was Dane DeHaan for a bit. I was yeah, like, so did I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think that makes the film quite procedural for a lot of it because you're like, oh, well, it's just going to turn out that it's the blonde kid. Because <laughs> like, he's fucking, like, obviously not human. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously not very... Could definitely be a psychopath. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not very good at human interaction, is he, when he yeah. says... Um, and they do kind of have, like, a, they try to throw you off a bit, don't they, by saying, um, is it Cobalt are after? Yeah. Like, they think that... Co- he thinks that Cobalt killed his wife. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong, lads, because I've only seen this the once. So, does the Fisk character, does he just kill his wife just for the sake of it? Yeah. There's basically. no reason that, Well, he said that was it. an extra job, or he said that was an extra something. Well, he, right. they, they were from, but they were from a company, weren't they, Vessel? So I think he was getting revenge because they put the stuff into him. And they also need him to be helpless and want stem because right. stem wants yeah. that and i so, think maybe maybe the the first twist was so obvious in order to make you feel smug that you'd figured the film out in order yeah. to make the second twist more effective yeah. it's like a who done it where you're like well that person is obviously the killer so i'm going to assume it's them because i'm so smart <laughs> and then little pull the rug out from your feet yeah it is yeah you're not expecting that second twist are you that it's that it's this like crazy AI all along, and yeah, it feels quite prece- like say procedural lending, like oh yeah, yeah, the guy who was clearly a bad guy was a bad guy all along, well yeah. done, and then he kills him and then everything's fine, but that it's, twist. 
Yeah, and that's much better. Yeah, and there's, you know, if you ask me, there's definite, definite sequel potential in STEM. <laughs> yeah. There's got definitely. to be, hasn't there? Yeah, that's the, it's not, it's not neatly wrapped up. There's, it's like, well, what, what the hell is he going to ultron his way into doing next? I mean, like, imagine, like, the next film was somebody just trying to hunt down that STEM to stop it from doing its nefarious plan or something. And it, like, yeah, I think, like, the, um, I don't know, like, the partner of the cop could be like my partner was gunned down in cold blood <laughs> but he's dead and I don't know what happened but there's all these there is a reference in the film when the the hacker when you know she's Jamie. or it or they as and says oh don't we can't let them win or they, they can't win or something like that now yeah. was that was there like another plot was that like to throw you off was there a that's bigger good, wider uh, plot I think that's good world building isn't it like it just hints mm. at something <laughs> outside yeah, so what is this? So who's a vessel, the company that... Um, Aaron Keane. Does, is that what he owns? And then it's Cobalt, yeah. who she works for, isn't That's it? That's right. Right, okay. I just wanted to make sure I was... Yeah. Yeah, I think right. one of the things I liked least about this character, this film was the Jamie character because they're so ambiguous in their answers that it's annoying. You know, like Cinema Sins, one of their big pet peeves is when people play the pronoun game, like... Oh, did he say something? And you, and you, as the audience, are supposed to be like, "Well, who's he?" Like <laughs> they would, they could just say the person's name. And Jamie's just a bit too opaque, like that, you know. Yeah. Like, I know you need, to, I know you're in a rush, but you could say something that might help him not die in this moment, or like give him a bit more information. It felt like a real matrixy kind of attempt. Uh, yeah, like a you know, obviously like ambiguous character. I didn't, I mean, yeah. So it, it was a bit frustrating that one. I yeah. think uh, I think that's a criticism. Like the only real real, real character that feels developed and re- is the is the protagonist and all the others. Oh, hundred percent. Really yeah. Just you know, two dimensional, not given anything, any development or anything. But yeah, it's a ninety minute film, isn't it? And that, yeah. that's one. It's I suppose it's one story, and so somebody with two or two and a half hours and more budget could make a bigger world and more story, mm. more characters. But this is a story. It's they're not showing you a world in the future they're showing you one specific narrative aren't they I, I, I agree that's a big criticism of the whole film yeah but it, it does and it is a film that feels very 90s like it's visual aesthetic isn't very 90s it's you know it's all it's mise-en-scene and everything it's not 90s at all but I could imagine this being made in the 90s as well with like yeah. Sylvester Stallone or something <laughs> you know as the yeah. main character you know hey I just made this car hey <laughs> you know Adrian I think, uh, I think that's down to the violence because you don't really see many action films that violent anymore they're either full on horror 18 or mm-hmm. 12A you know no blood we need, we need as many people bums on seats as we right. can so we, yeah we can't yeah. risk Soaring a man's Do you know head what? Off. It wasn't so much the violence that made it feel like a, a 90s film. It was more like the premise. And I mean, it was like every sort of 90s film had the main character's girlfriend die at the beginning, didn't they? You that know, was a real a wife. big cliche. Yeah, like yeah. his wife dies. I was like, where's John Claude Van Damme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, there's a lot of that. How it, many films? The, like, the, Luddite, the Luddite-ism as, as well feels yeah. Y2K. It, yeah. That felt very iRobot, yeah. um, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What year is that setting? Because I'm going to get myself a pair of 2004 Converse. I think just just to say I have them. Um, yes, well, I mean, legitimately, I don't know if you guys can think of the top of your head, but how many films are like set 
like sorry how many films have it where like the protagonist girlfriend or wife dies at the beginning like about every single Arnold Schwarzenegger film uh, you know every like you know a lot of films from the 80s 90s period no, there is it's, isn't it? it's a really easy primitive incentive oh, yeah. For a, yeah. a lot of films from the seventies as well. I mean, <laughs> most revenge right. films from the seventies. <laughs> I think we'll probably get raped more in the seventies as well. <laughs> I mean, I think there's like a term for it, isn't there? Is it like uh, the girlfriend on ice or something, or women, <laughs> woman on ice or something? Because they're being iced off so early on. I mean, right. like, I mean, I say it's such a nineties trope but I mean they did it in Deadpool 2 and they did it in you know yeah, they funnily it, enough they um, do a lot of X-Men bad, films <laughs> yeah they do bad writing yeah they do like they give him another family they give um, Magneto another family to kill um, <laughs> yeah, bad writing advice yeah, just the in an episode on killing off characters it's like that you know like love interest can be killed really early on or really late <laughs> you know as motivation yeah <laughs> or like yeah when that oh god when that the, the little girl and the mum both die with the same arrow. Exactly, and that's that's a bit oh, it's so a bad. bit too overwrought, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, on on that note, Hugh, are there what are the specific things you didn't really like about this film? I mean, there's not a great deal. Um, I've kind of already mentioned them, really. Um, I said I didn't really like the car. The car would look a bit stupid. <laughs> um, I spoke about how it was kind of predict. The fact that you th- you thought it was predictable up to the end made it quite procedural, and I've already mentioned that. Um, so is the fact that they yeah. got the bigger twist out of you still a negative because it, you didn't have that emotional reaction for some of the film before no, that? Not particularly. Was, you know? No, like I was happy to to go to the end and have it. You know, I, if it if it had ended where it was. Um, the blonde kid who was doing it all, I'd be like, "Fine, it's it's a it's an interesting film. It doesn't need anything major to tie it all together." Yeah. But the fact that they put it in makes it just as good in my opinion. Is it maybe like a rating um, point more? It's not like turn it from a six yeah. to a ten, but it could have turned to a six to a seven, for example. That, that yeah, sort of thing. yeah. And so, I mean, I think uh, I was going to say I think this film is very good at what it does. Quite frankly, um, it's it's no more. It's it's no more than the sum of its parts, but that's not necessarily in this analogy a bad thing. It is. It's tight. It's an hour and a half. It's good action. It's got a good premise. It's got a good twist. It's got good acting. Good, good leading man. It's got a decent villain, and then it's got a good like, you know, um, twist villain. So yeah, yeah I, I quite like. I it think in some ways that's kind of like almost the best that I hoped for. I didn't think you'd love this film, but I was hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> dismiss it so I think that's probably as good as I'd hoped for Ben what do you think about that yeah I mean he's not mentioned plot holes so I'm I'm quite happy <laughs> suspension of disbelief you know if, if they are there I, I haven't seen good, them. good you know yeah, I mean? yeah. there was a couple of things like like we said like stem being this basically omniscient creature who you know if he sees something that's it he's logged he still misses some things and uh, and so on but I'm glad you didn't see that that's really good we'll do what we normally do then we'll um, we'll go with favourite scenes Ben as our esteemed guest we'll, we'll start with you if you had to pin it down to one what would be your favourite scene from this film I mean I really like the uh, the first scene when he finds the first the first guy and he goes into his house and he's just yeah. he discovers what STEM can do Um I mean, like I said, I think I said earlier, it was quite shocking when he uh, finally kills him. I wasn't expecting mm. that gore. So I think that really, uh, that was a really good scene for me because it it got, it piqued my interest a bit more in the film. Do you know what that represented? Quite... That there's a, there's a 
I've mentioned it a few times. There's a screenwriting book called Save the Cat, mm. yeah. uh, which is like you know the sort of like the bible of screenwriting for a lot of starters. And one of the sections in there is fun and games, which is what is your premise? What's the fun that can be had from that? Our premise is he is a guy who's made superhuman by an implant. We're going to spend 35 minutes enjoying that. So between that and the scene where he's with Toland, I think he's called, you know, in the pub and he's getting yeah. information, that's the fun and games because we're finding out what STEM can do. And you're right, that's, that represents the first scene yeah. of that. Yeah. I agree that that was my favourite scene as well. I think my second favourite scene is the final scene because it won me over. I was ready to, to call it a good film. After that, I thought this is a really, really good film. Hugh, favourite scene? Um, my favourite scene was the fight scene with Fisk. I think mm. that's the... As much as I like that first scene when he goes into... It, I think it's Fisk's brother's house. I can't remember yeah. the character. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. But at the same time, that second fight's better because he can't just use uh, STEM to fight his way out of it. Mm, yeah. And maybe, I mean, look, I think if we were going to talk about maybe one negative of the film, now I think about it, maybe the fact that the villain, who's like set up as the main villain for a lot of the film, the technology he seems to have seems to be more advanced than, than STEM. What... <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think, I think that's the reason why STEM wanted to get rid of him, because they yes. wanted to get rid of yeah. people with more advanced technology. He tells he tells yeah, Grey that he wants to get weird, rid of people who could bring suspicion upon himself. But mm. yeah, I mean, if that's made by Cobalt, then Cobalt are potentially ahead of uh, they're ahead of STEM. Mm. If it's made by the guy Aaron Keane, <sighs> then he's made something more powerful than than Cobalt uh, than um, than STEM. Yeah, no. And what's really great is it's a bit of a luddite film. If you were a luddite, you could watch this film and say the only way he that's won why. that was because <laughs> he used human. Uh, human yeah. qualities as well you know um, yeah I mean he does and that is the only way he wins I mean but then you could, I mean look you could start doing plot holes then wouldn't you by going why doesn't he just breathe out or sneeze on him or cough on him or something mm. just before he's about yeah. to kill him exactly yeah that, that, as soon as you introduce yeah. something so superhuman that could be a bit of an issue uh, favourite lines then Ben once again give us the honours I mean yeah like I said there wasn't really that many uh, standout standout mm. lines um but I think I, I did like the one um, where he's in the in the bar, and um, it says <laughs> about uh, uh, because your memories are filled with ones and zeros, and our memories are filled with every fuck up we've ever made. That's good. That's <laughs> really good. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, that is a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I like. Again, it's the human rob, uh, human AI interface, isn't it? You know the difference yeah. between the two, and and his entire character and demeanour during that scene is quite funny, isn't it? Because mm. he's like, I killed him. And here I am as a definite quadriplegic right in front of you. You know, he's, he's so cocksure in that scene. It's wonderful. It's kind of against character, but it's also not because he's always been quite a cocky character. But he's he turns up to 11 in that scene. It's definitely got a dark dark humour throughout the whole film, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hugh, favourite line? Uh, my favourite line was when he's um, having that fight in the bar and he just says to... Grey just says, see, you thought I was a cripple, but you didn't know that I am a ninja. And Stem just goes, well, I am a state, I am state of the art, but I am not a ninja. <laughs> yeah, I just like you said, there's not that many classic. I think maybe that's maybe one thing about this film is not there isn't a litany of like classic lines mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, no, definitely. It could be wittier. 
but yeah. but that does represent what's what's really good, and that's the relationship between Stem and, and Grey, which is is often very good. And I had those mm. two lines as my favorite lines, and then I rewatched it, and one really stuck out, and that was when Grey has had uh, the hacking done by Jamie. Fisk arrives and he's like, "Grey, come on, please help me." And then Grey, sorry, you hear Stem power up, and he says. It's good to be back, Grey. And then he just fucking kills everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, the words aren't great, but it's just like, uh, you know, for catharsis, it's a really good line. <laughs> yeah, it's great because the scene's ridiculously tense. I mean, it's probably the tensest <laughs> scene in the film. So yeah, it's really yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. And they've thrown in for that for that world building. They've thrown in the sort of better than life. Uh, VR system. I mean, yeah. I mentioned Better Than Life because if any of you don't know Red Dwarf, there's a really good Red Dwarf book called Better Than Life where they kind of explore the VR that's better than your own life and you can do whatever you want. And it, you and know, that, they're called uh, something. <laughs> Game yeah. heads, they're called. Game yeah. heads, they're called. Yeah. And that that gets called back as well to the at the end when uh, he says he's gone to a, yes. a, a place you know where because the real world's not a bad place for him. So exactly, yeah, a fake life is a lot less painful. And it's great. And it's called. That. Sorry, and there's a callback as well to when he uh, he, he licks the blood off his finger as well because he does that right mm-hmm. at the start. Absolutely, I that was yeah, pretty good. It really, I mean, this is good and bad. It, it when you watch the film, it's like somebody has taken all of the advice from their film school right. teacher and put it into practice. And it's sometimes on the nose. It's sometimes hackneyed. It's sometimes too obvious when there's coders and things like that i don't know how the proper world-class pros do it Mm. but this film does all those things it just doesn't do it as elegantly as a lot of like the best films of all time do so this is a recommendation to hugh but it's not like a you have to watch this This is a this is a please watch this kind of recommendation we're gonna go for a little break uh when we come back we're gonna hear what the critics thought get some ratings have a little quiz, maybe get some uh, social media input and then find out what we're going to do next week. Okay. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. We're now going to find out some quantifiable numbers. Hugh, would you rather have the critics or the um, sitting people in the room talking on the podcast kind of ratings? Uh, I'm going to go with our ratings first because I want to see what our ratings, how they match up against the critical response. Controversial. I'm going to start with Ben as our guest of honour. Out of ten, how many mucus-based nanobot killers would you give this film? So, I mean, I'd say it's. I'd say I was going to give it a seven point five, but I think I think I can give it an eight based on how much I enjoyed it. An eight. That's good. That's really, really, really very strong. I. I, It's difficult to rate this. Did you find it difficult? Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not a classic, like you say, but it's. It's still really enjoyable, and I, I, I think I do. I, I rate I rate films mainly on how how much I enjoy them rather than what I think I should give them. Some sort of objective, mm. uh, you know, Patreon uh, buffness sort of right. rating. Yeah, and I and I agree. And I think in recent weeks we've kind of recalibrated and said six out of ten is a good rating for a film. I think I'm in the seven to eight mold, some somewhere in that kind of area, probably a seven because it's it's a good film. It's really good, and it's done on a small budget. But I probably won't remember it in twenty years, probably. So seven is probably what I'll give it. Hugh, nanobot wise, out of many out of ten. Um, 
If I was to guess, I'd say 6.5. No, you've, I'm going to go with you, Sam. I think it's a 7. It's a solid 7, Fantastic. isn't it? it it's, um, I've mentioned it before. It's, um, you know, when we I've talked about some comedies where they're just good at what they are. You, you judge but them they on... laugh. Well, then you judge them on their own merits and what they're trying to achieve. And, mm. you know, it reminded me sort of... It's almost got like a District 9 vibe almost to it, this film. <laughs> Do you know that kind of... Maybe not as funny or as... Bod, you know, the body shock isn't as shocking, but it's it's good at what it sets out to be. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the director, the fact that he had such a limited budget and that made them tight and it made them produce something pretty pretty damn good, I think, for what it was. Fantastic. I mean, that, that is, like I said, basically, like I said before, about as good as I expected. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not a new Matrix, but that's great. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Let's yeah. get some critical response then. So, if you were to guess the Metacritic, you've been on IMDb, maybe you've seen it. Oh, crikey, I have, but I don't remember what the Metacritic was. Um, I would say Metacritic's probably like 7.2. Ben? Yeah, I think I remember what it was. Was it in, was it in the 60s? Or 72. 66, I think. 60s, 67. Yeah, 67. yeah, I think that's a bit low. It's a solid film. Yeah, it is. It is, and I do. I don't really know how their algorithm works, but um, you know, algorithms are in the news. Um, yeah. I got one critic for this, and it wasn't verbatim. It was Mark Kermode's response to it because yeah. Mark Kermode and Roger Ebert they hold an equal uh, esteem in our eyes, I think. And yeah. he gave a really good review, but it wasn't in print, so I've kind of basically paraphrased. Okay. Come on, things that he said. So he here. said he went in with really low expectations because it seems like a lot of kind of seventies exploitation films but he was pleasantly surprised it was better than he, he compared it to, to The Meg because this came out around a similar time and he I think compared it to The Meg in order to make this pun he said it's better because it really had teeth <laughs> it wasn't afraid to be gory dark gruesome you know like that black mirror darkness uh, as well and he said the story kind of kind of balanced on that um, almost but not quite credible line and fell on the good side of it. You know, it was kind of just on the edge of credible. Um, he enjoyed the comedy moments, which we've kind of only sort of vaguely referred to between Stem and Grey. That they were that was quite a funny relationship. That you know from the start, really, because he thinks it might be a voice in his head, etc. Um, and he thought that Logan Marshall Green did a did a good job, and I agree. We, we've talked about that as well. So, Matt Kermode big plus he doesn't give ratings which is one of the reasons why we think he's great he he really liked it um i put it to social media as mm. well as just finding out what people thought i also said a question that i want to put to youtube before i look at social media okay if actually you know what, i'm going to give you i'm going to look at, i'm going to do the social media so you've got time to think about this this film was made for roughly five million dollars if you given a hundred million dollars what would you do with that to improve this film so i want you to think about that while I share some of social I've media, I've got an idea that I'd well, do with it already. Well, wait till after social media. No, I'm going to give you it now because oh, it's, it's, po- okay. it's my podcast. It's my podcast. I think if this was given 100 million, what you would have is I don't think you would just have like the one um, STEM sort of recipient. I think you'd maybe have like a whole crew of them <laughs> and for some reason <laughs> you'd have to fight them and you'd have a lot of See, that feels like a sequel thing. Yeah, that's, it sounds very sequel. That's real sequel material. But you're right, that's like a two-hour film. That's a yeah. good idea of that. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be something. Or, Especially or, because STEM exhausts its options and he has to then improvise and work yeah. together with STEM. 
or that there'd be like people who had had STEM, but it had failed and they were like, they weren't quite as good as uh, the main characters. <laughs> oh, I see. He's like 2.0. Yeah. And maybe. they're all the prototypes. Yeah. Or there's something, or they can only go for so long and then they burn out or something. <laughs> you know, but yeah, kind of, yeah, I think there'd be more people involved with it. I think there'd just be more, mm. I think it'd just be a bit more action, to be honest. Well, I think that's a good answer. Now, Ben hasn't had the hindsight of or the the opportunity of being able to have seen the social media post before no. and had made a bit preparation. So, Ben, I'm going to give you a bit more time. I'm going to uh, which read I out didn't. some of the things. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> I, mean, did see, I, I do um, have an answer. I did see it. It's but... probably not one that you're not going to like. <laughs> I just I mean. came up with that answer. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Let's see what social media said, and then we'll we'll come to Ben. So, I put this on Facebook. And I'll name check the people who's uh, who's. So I did also say, what did you think of this film? So I'll get a little bit of response like that. James Witherspoon, Witherspoon. Uh, so he's not linked to Brexit or anything. He said it thought he thought it was super great, um, not just super entertaining with amazing fight sequences, but it was also aesthetically very cohesive and stood out on its own. From the unconventional titles onwards, I was in love with it and don't really think anything needs changing. And he's right. That title oh, yeah. felt like part of the film. Mm. Mm. It's not text on a screen. It's, a, it's somebody speaking, and then the voice wave is is portrayed on. That was wonderful. I, I I don't know why more filmmakers aren't more creative with their titles. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of people were surprised or really impressed by the five million um, budget, but some people. So, I don't quite know how to pronounce this. I'll say Ates Everen said the script. If they had more money, they'd change the script. The twist could be seen from miles and miles away. We think the first twist could, but maybe not the second. And it took the fun away for for a certain level. And intelligent computer equals bad fiction comes off pretty unproductive these days. And I think he's got a point. I think if you had more time, money, other people working on it, possibly that could have been could have been fixed. Um, a couple of people said they would make an immediate sequel. They would use that money to just make a sequel. <laughs> Shafin Rahman and Joel Bedworth both said, "If you gave me another ninety-five million, I'd just make a good, <laughs> I could make a good sequel as well." Um, somebody said quite controversially they'd change the actor. Sidhan um, Gidial said they would change the actor. Basically, and somebody else kind of repeated this. Jeremy Martinez said would probably upgrade. We have Tom Hardy at home, <laughs> Tom Hardy, to actual Tom Hardy. Do you two think we should have this? Be, this film would be better with Tom Hardy. I think if they had more money to hire more named actors, I don't think the film would be necessarily any better. But I think it definitely would have made more money. Oh yeah! Like if you did mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. a Tom Hardy and yeah, I don't know because Venom you... was great as we know. <laughs> yeah, but it made a lot of sh- fucking money, didn't it? <laughs> it made, made more than eleven million. Yeah, would this film be better if he? No. Let's, or, or let's say Tom Hardy without the celebrity. Well, what? <laughs> like sense. no, I think Tom. I think <laughs> presumably he's a better actor than Logan Marshall. Logan Marshall, Marshall Green and could have done this better. I think Tom Hardy maybe not. is a bit too intense for this role. Right. I don't think he's. I, I think he'd be good, and he, and he can do comedy, obviously. But I think it'd be a bit. Oh yeah, because this is was a cl- classic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but you're right. You know, he he has that levity, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. L- LMG, I'll call him. I mean, it it, it, it he looks that similar. I mean, he'd probably just be exactly the same. To be fair. <laughs> I mean, here's a question to you, Sam. Like your mm. favorite film, Lucy, right? I don't know if you can for listeners who are new to the show. It's not my favorite film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get that out there. But. Um, 
did that make money at the box office? It made a fuck ton of money. Because Scarlett Johansson. It's almost like that's not a metric of how good a film is. I think that's it. I think that's it, isn't it? I think if you know if if this had been Tom Hardy and I don't know Margot Robbie or something, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Three hundred million (laughs) dollars. Yeah, easy. Who I don't know who would you've had to have played like Pop Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Dane DeHaan. Cortez uh, is played by I don't know AOC. She's um, probably quite marketable. <laughs> what's her, what's her name? Um, the oh, Michelle Rodriguez. I don't no, know. No, not Michelle. The other one. She was in Michelle Obama. No, she was in Hitch. Oh, what's her name? <laughs> oh, Eva Mendes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Tom Hardy, met... Margot Robbie, Eva Mendes, Dane DeHaan, and it actually becomes a worse yeah. film. I feel. I agree. Probably. Yeah, because it's a big part of the celebrity of actors is that you can't set like you watch Ryan Gosling and you're like, well, that's Ryan Mm. Gosling. He has to really work very hard for the first thirty minutes for film for you to not think that's Ryan Gosling. And like Logan Marshall Green, I've seen him in a couple of maybe one thing, and uh, and so therefore he is grey. So yeah, generally people actually, I was really surprised by the like. You know, it's it's in quite a snotty Facebook group. I was really surprised by how much. Did any of them other than they'd make a sequel? What was any other? Steve than... Albini said I'd make a different movie and I blocked him I've sent some <laughs> troopers around to his house and I've said grow up you fucking stop what about Ben um, then what would you do Ben if you had yeah Ben oh, yeah, I, mean, five million I think dollars extra. someone mentioned it I'd, I wouldn't really want a hundred million I mean I think a lot of a lot of the good things about it are due to its budget because like this iPhone thing I mean they probably wouldn't have done that yeah. if they had the budget they would have tried yeah. to come up with some weird camera trick so he'd have like a camera on a something gimbal weightless. or something, wouldn't they? He would have been a Spider-Man, Matrix-like weightless exactly. rubber man. Yeah, well, exactly. A lot of films these days are, you know, that have big budgets are bad because they have a big budget. Um, but <laughs> Lots of CGI crashing together like Transformers. If you get Lee Winnell and Shane Garuth working on <laughs> John Carter of Mars. <laughs> I mean, definitely, but definitely what, what the one guy said, uh, work on the script, I think. That would uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's the one criticism we could all agree on. You both said you really like the music in this film. I just didn't really notice it, to be honest. I think listen back and watch yeah, a couple I of the action sequences. Time. It's really effective, mm. almost all not quite cyberpunk, but like almost electric, like heartbeat racing kind of kind of things. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll share some links. I'll tell you what, if I had 100 million for this film, I think I would have added in a few more extra action scenes. I think, you know, when they're like, he's being chased by that guy up the stairs, I think with 10 million more, you'd have him like leaping across buildings. Actually, that kind of way. Thinking about it, I think that'd be kind of cool. Thinking about it, I'd probably do the opposite and I'd probably. Helicopter and the drones. I'd probably turn it into a real, real Cronenberg. Body horror, like Videodrome or, You'd have or The Fly, video nasty. and some kind of, have a lot more scenes with disgusting special effects. Um, yeah. That's such a bend off answer, I love it. A lot, I'd probably slow it down quite a bit as well, and um, yeah, I think I've a bit, bit more inten- a bit more intense scenes, um, I think that's what I'd do. Do you think you'd make him look different when Stem was acting? I think I'd, I think I'd have him slowly, slowly change where you don't really notice it until you compare the end of the film to the start of the film. That's great. 
that's really good that's that is a really good use of 10 million dollars mm. other than like <laughs> you know help a hospital I mean that's for this film that is a really good way of spending 10 million dollars I mean like I don't think you need 100 million dollars to do that sort of stuff do you because like look District 9 for example I don't know what the budget on that yeah. was but I'm guessing it, it was maybe more than this if, District like, yeah if before you google it I'm going to google it you, you keep talking Hugh and I'll google it I, I was, was going to hopefully that I can see you googling it but you're also talking <laughs> that seems less well, interesting to a listener to be fair to District 9 though they had a, it was, I think it was handheld wasn't it it was like a found footage kind of or no maybe not found footage yeah, true. it was definitely more um, handheld so, style, which I think you can hide a lot. Just in within that. that within the context. District yeah, Nine was true. thirty million. I think if you estimated. think if you rewatch District Nine, I think the special effects probably wouldn't wouldn't stand up as much. I don't think. Don't know, mate. This is the thing. Like I, I heard a great interview. In fact, Hugh, you will like this. Lee Winnell was on uh, Weekly Planet, your favorite podcast of all time. He was, yeah, two years ago, talking about this film, and yeah, and he kind of made a similar point of. Um, the low budget helps and he talks about Jurassic Park being one of his favourite films of CGI because the best scenes were the animatronic mm. ones with the robots and rather than just took a bunch of weightless dinosaurs I mean if you there. watch if you watch yeah. like <clears throat> The Fly or Videodrome or The Thing physical effects they still stand up they still look amazing if you go back and watch Peter Jackson's King Kong it looks terrible CGI <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 18 years or 16, 17 years yeah. later because yeah things move on don't they really quickly I wonder what Avatar looks like now, but nobody's ever come back to rewatch it since 2009. <laughs> Waste of fuck. Uh, who's going to go watch the sequels other than out of some, some macabre um, oh. you know, snuff movie type? Yeah, I mean, just out, of, just out of pure, in, just out of pure, like, yeah, machis, uh, masochism. I, I'm probably exactly, I have unlimited I think I'll see the views. first one. I can go to the cinema as many times as I like for the fiampaying. I might not watch it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how he's dedicated like his life to making these, uh, so. like this trilogy of sequel films to a film. But like, he's only dedicated like three weekends to writing the scripts. Like, just make know. them better films first. Like, I'm so disappointed. Uh, yeah. James Cameron he used to be one of my favorite filmmakers, but he will always have made the films that we love so yeah. much. Yeah, you know, T two. If you made that and then retired, I'd be like, all right. I mean, this film reminded me... You're one of my favourite filmmakers. Yeah, Upgrade reminded me a lot of the first Terminator, um, which I love. Mm. In some ways, I love it more than Terminator 2. But... uh, Well, in what ways? Well, it's just more of a... It's more streamlined. It's more... um, It's more fun in a way, I think. I mean, I love Terminator 2. I think it's incredible. But uh, Terminator 1 is... I don't know. I just just like... it's It's got more charm, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's not. You can't say it's better because it's obviously not. <laughs> you, you have a spirit of the contrarian in you, which means that you wouldn't think Terminator Two is definitely four hundred times better than T One. But you know, it's, it's not. A, it's a good film. It's got other than the love scene. It's got. A lot I mean, to James Cameron said that film. was his most embarrassing things he's ever he's ever filmed. <laughs> Until he made Avatar. Until, well, um, shall we do a little quiz room? See how I am. You, uh, yeah, let's quiz away some. As, as is always the case, Hugh gets first dibs on these questions, and then if you can't answer them, I'll throw it to Ben. Some of them quite easy, some of them a bit tasking, so we'll see if okay. Ben is up for the challenge. So, Hugh, question one. What is the name of the company for which Asher works? Uh, she works for Cobol. Fantastic. Isn't that the, and that's the same name as the company in... Um, What's it called in Inception? Uh, 
Is it huh. the company that? Well, not the one they're working it's called for. Called Cob, isn't it? Trying in. Yeah, but Cobalt is the company that Cobb and um, Arthur are working for at the beginning of the film. Fantastic. Speaking of Inception, I'm going to watch that next week. Oh, yeah. It's uh, cinemas are reopening, and it's a glorious, glorious time for us all. Nice. They are re-releasing. It's the 10th anniversary. Yeah. See if you like yeah. it this time. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film. I'll, 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 I'll admit it's a very good film. Um, question two: What is Gray's surname? Um. Oh, what is it? It's like Trace. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I did not expect you to get that because it's mentioned once or twice. I it's wrote. Really well, I wrote it down earlier. Of course, you fucking did. When I was doing, I doing my little <laughs> notes. Yeah, because I'm prepared, Sam. So, Hugh, I want you to maintain eye contact for this next question. Okay. Never know. Don't look down at your notes. What? Um, excuse me. I didn't read what it. surname is shared by Fisk? And Cirque, they're brothers. Their surname is without looking fucking down at your nose. I, have no I can idea, see your eyes. I, I didn't because I'm looking over there. Um, I don't know. I, can, I can't remember their surnames. No idea. Some reasonable. That is reasonable. Ben, what? any idea? No, it's not this, but it's something like Beaumont. But it's not. It's not that. The first letter is correct, but it's not like that. I'm not going to get. Bo- it. Oh, is it Boson? No. No. Mm. It, uh, who? Di- Ooh, I might got this wrong. Who wrote the first two X Men films? David Hater, Brian Singer. That's correct. No shit. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> Not Solid Snake. Metal Gear. Wait a minute. I Do know. Just that- give us the freaking answer. <laughs> Come on, Sam. No, I want to. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you deserve a clue. So I'll give you a community clue. Um, um, Shirley is saying this person is a visionary of our times. He's the best filmmaker of all time. And Albert says, Ratman. "You're a bad person." No. Yes. Yes. Well done. That's exactly right. Oh, Brett Ratner. See you, Ratner. Well done. I see your link well now. Your Brett Ratner link. <laughs> what did he? I'm sure he. He did I'm the sure third. He, he produced them. Yeah, he directed the third. Of course, one. he did the yeah. worst one. Of course, he fucking <laughs> yeah. did. What was I thinking? That's why he says you're a bad person. <laughs> well done, Bratner, Fisk, and Cirque Bratner. Question four: What does Gray ask Jamie to do, as instructed by Stem? So Stem wants Jamie to do what? Hugh, come again. Just one more. You know, time. so so Gray, he's falling apart. Stem says you need to write all this stuff down. Get to Jamie; she's going to hack you. What's the key thing that Jamie needs to do? Oh, it's remove something like remove protocols or something like that. You've this is completely right ballpark. Summit protocols. I can't some remember. some other sporting analogy. You're in the six. You're in the six yard line. It's an open goal. You you Raheem Sterling. You're one of the best. <laughs> one of the best attacking forwards of all time. Um, and they have to. Oh, what's the other bit? I can't remember. Remove. Go on, Ben. Help me out. I mean, it's something like <laughs> the the user guards or something like that. Input. Oh, you, oh. I can't remember. Oh, go on. User input. Remove input. Input. Oh. input protocols. You've already said the word. Guards. Input ben. protocols. Ben said the word. Input guards, is it? Oh. No, no. There we go, oh, yes. The, they have to remove the input guards. Well ah. done. What a team. What a team. Well Much done. better than Manchester well City. Well done, Ben. <laughs> Question five. What is the name of the bar where Grey kills Tolan? I p- 
purposely didn't mention it earlier. Oh, no. This oh, is God. a very difficult one. If you don't get it, it's fine. Our friendship is not affected. That is a good question. But Ben, if you get it wrong, our friendship is massively affected. Oh, what was it called? I don't remember. I have not a notion. Oh. Any words come into mind? Anything at all? No, nothing. My mind's blank. Fair enough. Ben? I mean, I can't remember ben, it exactly, remember? but it's something, it's, it's, I mean, it's something like the, the Black Dog or something like that. I mean, I don't think it is that. It's not that, but as as words, it looks yeah, like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. None of those words are right, but that's kind of like the sort of, you oh, know. Man. It's three question. letters, then five letters. Unless. There's an O in both words. Oh, is it box? Something box? No, it's not box, is it? Uh-huh. You've got the right, the first two letters are right for the second word. The first two letters? B-O. So it's a three letter and a five letter. The yeah. old something? Yes. Old bo, <laughs> old. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So if an old person oh. was like walking around, or they stood up and they went, "Oh, these old b are really killing me." Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Trust boots. you. Boots. Old. No. No. Boxes. No. Old bones. Bones. The old old bones. bones. It's definitely uh, they do I recognise it, it, but times I wouldn't as well. Listen. They, they do, yeah. And they That's show it. They show the neons, yeah. but still yeah. perfectly, perfectly acceptable not to get that right. There's a there's, a there's a bonus question. Oh. This is specifically for Hugh. You this might know this because I know that you went to the IMDb. Which other Blumhouse production stars the actress who plays Detective Cortez, Betty Gabriel? Gabriel. And I didn't realise until this, like a little bit into my second rewatch, I thought, oh, that's so and so from that film we saw. That's a good question. And I checked. It's a film we've covered, Hugh. Is it in, like, Get Out or Us? It is, yeah. So Detective Cortez, she was in Get Out. Who was she in Get Out? No idea. She, oh, no. it's the uh, grandmother. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, that was my clue. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Imagine know. a tear is rolling down my eye. I've, 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 no, 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 no. I, can't, I don't know, Sam. Just fucking tell me. Oh, Ben, have you seen Get <laughs> I've Out? I've seen Get Out, because I have. What was it? Go on, then, Ben. The the maid, ben, the maid. The bit. The maid? Yeah, that's what. The, that's the grandmother. The maid's the grandmother. Did you say grandmother? Yeah. Well, I apologise. Oh, this guy, eh? Unreservedly. But why didn't you recognise when I said, no, 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 no? Why didn't you go, yeah, that's what I said? Because I don't remember her saying that in the film. Fair enough, it was a year ago. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, so you, you did well. Ish. You got like, I don't know, two, two or three. Should we just move no on? <laughs> so, Q, would you recommend... See, I'm remembering. Oh, no, you're remembering. You, recommend upgrade? you did better than me. Uh, yeah, I would, I'd recommend this to lots of people. It's a good film. Good. Well, not overly recommend this is, it. It's not too, it's not too highbrow that you can... A lot of people go, I didn't like that. And it's not... Too lowbrow that it's dumb. Yes, that's I think it a sits really in, good... It sits in a very good middle. And listener, if you haven't seen Corridor Crew's uh, take on it, just search it, Corridor Crew. I'll, I'll put the link on social. Corridor Crew upgrade. They basically say what we've said, sort of backwards plagiarism, and um, but they do it with visual aids, so they probably do it better. Uh, Hugh, the only big question that remains is what are we going to do next week? I, I, I sense it's a bit different or unconventional. Well, so what we're going to do next week, Sam, is we're um, 
we're going to basically we're instead of us recommending a film to one another we're going to the cinema to see a film together and we're going to uh, review that film essentially in our usual indomitable unimitable style Um, the big question is what film Hugh so we're fingers crossed unless you know they pull it again we're going to go see the new Christopher Nolan film Tenant Um, Sam what do you know know about Tenant Tenant? It's I know tenet. it's not called tenant. <laughs> There's a T, then an E, then an N, tenet. then an E, then a T. Whatever the tenet, guy says, in the, whatever the guy says in the trailer, we're off to tenet. see that. Can you say it again? Can you say tenet? Tenet. Again, not like an alien who's <laughs> just landed on the earth. Can you say tenet? That's the basic tenet of your argument. Okay, sort tenet. Of tenet. That's tenet. So we are going to go see tenet. Pedantic um, prick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a first. We sort of did this with Midsummer, but it's kind of a first whereby the recommender has still not seen the film before the recommendation is made. Hugh and Sam and Ben, what do we know about Tenet already? I mean, are you going to talk about yourself in the third person whilst you say what you know about Tenet? That was the first and last time I'll ever do that. Good. Uh, it just looks like something to do with reversing time. It's got David Washington in it. Uh, it's got Christopher... Got, it's uh, weird that you go straight to David Washington <laughs> rather than, you know, Robert Pattinson. Well, <laughs> oh, so yeah, sorry. David Washington. David Washington's John, a star. John, sorry, excuse John me. David I was thinking Washington. of somebody else completely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He's the John main David character. David Washington's got Pattinson <laughs> in. He's uh, got uh, Elizabeth Debicki, I think she's called. Yeah, she who's not allowed to stand up in the posters because she's tall. <laughs> she's very tall. <laughs> is what I've seen. Kenneth Branagh's in it. Yeah, Branagh in the round. Kenny Bree. I'm Kenny guessing B. Michael Caine's going to be in it because it's a Christopher Nolan film. Marion Cotillard has a little walk-on. Yeah, uh, talk to her. Tom Hardy's there. Baby voice. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt flies in and out. Yeah, we'll see. I am Dave. Hugh Jackman's twin is there. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna watch that, aren't we? At the Skinemas, we're gonna risk life and limb. Absolutely, mask on until the lights are down. Yep. That's so, the way yeah. it goes. Uh, ben, do you know? I mean, don't tell us, but do you know anything more than that? No, I mean. If you could just do it in without words. He tends to keep so things under wraps, doesn't he, old, old Chris? But, uh, old Chris Ian. But I think, I, I, I do I, I do know that it's uh, the first, well, first film for a while that Hans Zimmer hasn't scored. Uh, so expect something Which different. Which is going to be shit. Uh, he turned it booms. down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I found out recently? Do you know what that booms are? Is it um, somebody hitting a plastic bag against a wall? Ben might know better. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Is it like some ship or something? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like a ship. No, the, the, the classic, the classic, the classic Zimmer. Bah, bah, that's from Je ne regrette rien, the Edith Piaf song, but slowed right down because that's obviously the the song they used wow. to get themselves out of the dream world. Yeah, I don't know if it's the no or the. Yeah. I don't know what which we bit could of speculate it is, for days, Sam. <laughs> but it is that slowed down. I thought I think the first film to have that style was uh, Shutter Island, Martin Scorsese. That's definitely right. came out after this, didn't it? Did it? I'm not sure if it came out before or after. I can't remember. Similarish sort of time. Yeah. I'm not sure if Hans Zimmer scored that, but yeah, I'm... I think it did come out before actually. It really affected sequels until uh, sorry, not sequels, trailers until you know a year or two in. Somebody noticed it, parodied it on YouTube, and then they sort of shied away from it. Now it's the, for the last, like, it feels like 35 years, it's been the bass drop of, bam, like that that little, 
oh, this is getting serious now, kind of um, Transformers, the same noise they make when they fly through the air for some reason. That old nonsense. So that is going to be a first listener. We're going to watch Tenet together. We are then going to record. What we've planned is we've got a late recording so that we watch the film and then Hugh basically gets on a train and we don't say a word (laughs) from credit (laughs) to podcast. I mean, he might stay at my house, but I've decided we're not going to talk until we start recording (laughs) uh, our episode of that podcast. No facial expressions. Because we really... (laughs) <laughs> we are dedicated to never letting each other know what we think of a film until you find out, listener. That's I mean, our integrity. That, that, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> you know where the transition is. You've got Google Maps. <laughs> I've booked us tickets on either side of the screen. I don't even want to see you. <laughs> so I look forward to that, listener. Now, Hugh, more importantly, if they want to get in touch with us and tell us their first impressions of Tenet, forget about Upgrade. Unless they want to, who cares? If they, unless they want to, um, if they want to email us in and tell us what they think of upgrade, no, tenant, sorry, tenant. Um, what should they do, Hugh? So what they need to do is they somehow need to get an evil corporation um, like sentient AI to implant a chip in their in the back, and then they can maybe send an email that way to us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Sam, if they want to find Phone us that on one the in. internet in other places, how can they do that? They can find us on Twitter at Please Watch Pod. We now have an Instagram page, much, I would to say... To your chagrin. Ab- <laughs> yeah, obliged. People forget what obliged means. That was an obligation. We got an Instagram page, we'll never use it, we might use it, and that's Please Watch Pod, or Please Watch This, who cares. Um, Epic. Ben, if they want to you know, tell you how great you are, do you think they should contact us instead? Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, <laughs> if they want. Just hang around the Midlands, <laughs> knock on some doors, see what happens. Just ask for Ben, You'll, they'll probably find you eventually. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for making it all this way. Um, you know, I should have mentioned this at the start, if you really want to support us, don't email or whatever, just tell your friends to listen, that'd be really nice. What do you think, <laughs> yeah, just get more people to listen. We We love you. Unreservedly, I mean, I do. Hugh, are we going to say thank you to Ben for coming on, or are we just ignoring him? Uh, we can do that off, off air. Um, <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Tonight, but ben. seriously, please engage, and we love you. And Ben, fine. Thanks. Yeah, Sam, Sam definitely <laughs> has I almost didn't. <laughs> but seriously, we we always love Ben. This is his seventh, or eighth, or something appearance, and uh, he's welcome yeah. back any week. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I, I think it's time for us all to say goodbye. Yeah, we love you listeners. Bye. Bye. Bye.